0: While they're all talking state standards, we're sitting on a bar stool making fun of them. Classroom Brew Podcast.
1: Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to Classroom Brew if you are brand new to it. My name is Ryan. I'm a teacher, a coach, instructional coach, and I run this podcast. And I'm just, I guess over the years and even immediately, like right out of the gate. And as the intro song uh, suggests or it says, I just don't like that teachers are forced to kind of be these prudes that have to have these conversations that are hushed and they can't speak their mind. And uh, they have to be prude and can't even have a drop of alcohol. So Classroom Brew is our attempt to kind of open that dialogue, that conversation, have some fun, talk about some stuff that's going on um, over a couple of drinks. And while we do not use last names for the sake of um, privacy for for students in schools are not mentioned, obviously, for obvious reasons for student privacy, anytime students are uh, mentioned, either names are not mentioned or brought up rather. Uh, stories might be kind of modified to take out any details that might, point being, we're, we're doing things to make sure that privacy is still respected, but also still talking about scenarios and things like that that are going on. Uh, that said, if you want to be on the podcast, or if you've been on it before and you want to be on it again, just reach out, classroombrew at gmail.com or at classroombrew on your favorite social media, including the Reddit. I didn't realize that you can message people um, by searching them on Reddit, I'm still learning. Uh, so again, that's just at Classroom Bruno spaces on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Reddit, apparently, and YouTube. And then if you are someone who has been a loyal fan of the podcast, thank you so much for, for rejoining us. Uh, that means so much to me. I do want to give a big uh, special shout out to our Patreon members. Uh, these are members who support the show uh, for as little as $2 a month. There is also a $4 or a $7 tier. Uh, it gives you access to I don't know how many clips and special audios and bonus episodes and uh, behind the scenes takes we have, uh, but that is all on uh, Patreon as well as access to the podcast merch, uh, which is just an extra thank you for being a member, whether it's a a t shirt in your size, a a koozie in a standard size, or a uh, coaster and shot glass, standard size shot glass. But uh, that said, I want to give a a big shout out to our current Patreon members, uh, which includes Lish. James, Cindy, Melinda, Sabrina, Leslie, Leo, and Adam. So, a big shout out to you guys! Thank you so much for supporting the show. And that is uh, p a t r e o n dot com slash classroom brew to support that Patreon and support teachers who just want to have a drink. <laughs> and, um, and the nice thing is, while we don't use last names, uh, I have I have strayed away from using pseudonyms for myself or a pseudonym, I should say. Um, that said, if you want to use one, if you are on the podcast, we have done that in the past for sure. Um, but it's kind of sad that we're in a, a world where we have to do that for the sake of protection. But I guess I have that added layer of now having tenure, but to be honest with you, I started this podcast, <laughs> not that long into, or not that, um, uh, late into my first year. I think it was less than a month in where I started the podcast, uh, a month into my first year of teaching that is. Starting this podcast back in 2017, and now here we are in 2023. That's pretty cool. Anyway, um, part of this episode, to be honest with you, it, it is—I don't want to say unplanned—but I'm going to see where it takes me on a topic that has been on my mind the past—I don't know—72 hours. By the time the episode comes out, it'll be a week or so of, of thinking about this, and I'm going to—I'm going to keep things brief and as general as possible, where appropriate, given the nature of the incident. But I want to start by saying that I have... This year, there are some students that obviously drive me crazy. There are some students that I wish would do, you know, what they are capable of and make better decisions. And then there are my rock star students and the students that are doing what they should be doing and everything in between. And I make no... I want to make the the very clear distinction that I am just talking about academic performance. This is not them as human beings because they are more than just students. So when we say students, I know it is a general or a, a generalization to say that. I'm talking about individuals as students, and um. That doesn't mean that they are only students. They are obviously three dimensional, four dimensional, really. Uh, think about that one on your own, but um. If I use that phrase, I know that might sound a little bit uh, off-putting. I Obviously, there is so much that I don't know beneath the surface of the water. I don't know what, you know, I see the tip of the iceberg. And if I'm lucky enough to see a little bit below the water for what might be going on in their lives, um, fantastic. But I'm never going to claim to, like, know everything. Um, Whether they are never in school, they never engage when they are in school, or they're there every day, but maybe quiet or there every day. and. They're very open and, and want to, you know, engage. Um, so that's that's what I want to say from the onset. Um, this year, I have a, a particular group of AP students who are very motivated, very engaged, uh, very bright, and inspire me every single day, truly. Uh, some of the stories that I've heard, some of the stuff that they have been willing to share is, well, one, very brave to uh, be comfortable sharing that and I'm glad that they feel comfortable to do so, but the things that they've had to overcome, uh, either presently or in the past, and, and not just things that are typical. And obviously for the sake of their privacy, while I'm not mentioning names, I'm not going to go into that, obviously. Uh, and I've been very upfront with these recent events to make sure that I have told them how much I... Uh, admire their courage and, and their self advocacy and, um, ability to still move forward and, and, you know, be strong and and seek those allies where needed and ask for help where needed. Those are all things that I wish I could have done a much better job of when I was in high school. Um, I just didn't ask for help. I did not, uh, share things that were, were bothering me. And even if I have been able to do that, um, at their age. I, I just I am very I feel good knowing that there are there are young men and women that who who can do that. Um so I just I I commend them for that. It it keeps me going every day. Uh admittedly with the pandemic and everything, th- this right now, this year, 2022 to 2023 is the most motivated I've been for my AP class in a while. Um feel recharged. I'm innovating in a lot. Um, Not that I'm not doing that for my other classes, but for this AP class, I feel like that's where I've really seen a big shift this year. Um, You you get out what you put into it, but sometimes if you're putting everything into it and the students are not, it's kind (laughs) kind of a moot point, right? By the way, I'm drinking just like a, whatever juice, I don't know, it's orange, but it doesn't taste like oranges, so, you know, that could be, maybe it's spoiled. And rum. And this is the third one I've had tonight. So cheers. Uh, only this one's a double the other two are just singles so um, judge me as you will Um, but don't be a prude if you're not a teacher teachers can drink too Um, so I want to start by saying that and I point all this out because as teachers clinicians support staff uh, administration deans whatever we are the people that are trusted with our students we are the people who are trusted by our students and that is a trust that is sacred. And essentially this week, well this past week, <clears throat> last week by the time the episode comes out, um there was something handled, there was an incident in the school that needed to be addressed. And while I think I can understand or try to infer the intentions behind how certain staff handled it, the execution of how it was handled was disgusting, abysmal. It was not the way to handle well, one, addressing the incident, but two, addressing the underlying issues and larger scale topics, important topics that lie at the surface of this. And it's not just a student and school related thing, it's a human thing. And the the sad part of it is that this was <laughs> for whatever reason Uh, It was approached quickly, which you can commend them for the efficiency of response instead of just being reactionary when it's too late. But part of me was concerned that this would be done the way of our school, where not everything is thought through completely, thoroughly, and instead is reactionary and poorly done and disorganized. Now, disorganized would have been welcomed. Because this was, if it was only disorganized, rather, it would have been a welcome uh, change from what actually happened. Because not only was it disorganized, but they also chose <laughs> to separate the school <clears throat> into only two groups, just two groups. Uh, that's that's a lot to only have a lot of kids in each group to only do two groups. But they chose to separate based on biological sex. <clears throat> um. Yeah, I don't know why my throat, my voice sucks right now, but uh, obvious problems for gender identity, gender expression, um, in addition to sexual orientation of students, not offering choice, and, you know, setting up that binary, but also essentially putting students into a, a situation where they're forced to go, where they don't feel they should go, or being forced to. come forward and disclose or um, publicize, you know, how they might identify or what, you know, simply because they're being told boys or girls. Now, I have students who are transgender, I have students who are um, non-binary, everything across the LGBTQ spectrum, and that was the first uh uh-oh. We were told that this would be handled by district officials, given what the incident was, or incidents, plural. And uh, that did not happen. It was handled by school staff, which is what makes this so disappointing. Um, We had essentially, and I'm hearing this secondhand, I recognize that, but when you have multiple students and, and staff members saying the same thing, at different times. Um, it, it's, uh, I may have secondhand information, but I feel very <clears throat> confident in its, uh, validity. So, as <laughs> before we get, I'm just, I'm just going to take a drink. This has been that kind of week. This is the first drink I'm having the Friday after this week is finally over. And wow, we've earned it, folks. So, if you're, you know, drinking along with this one, cheers. Um, Basically the uh one group received a... It, it was fine their their presentation was fine the uh other group where uh they chose to identify them as young men and then in the other group it was girls so oops um uh, call title 9 uh, let them know they have violated title 9 with the way that they're even uh stratifying or putting them into a hierarchy but um essentially there were there was a, a staff member that has said some things that were not appropriate, both in vocabulary and tact and generalizations that are surrounding um, ideas of slut-shaming, victim-blaming, um, public humiliation by, you know, referencing examples, and... um Students that know who the example is about, and then that student is essentially put with a, a, a figurative spotlight on them. Now, stuff like this, when it's, you know, appropriate language, that goes without saying for professionalism. And I realize that there are different ways to approach different situations depending on how well you may know a student, how real you can get, but the big concern of appropriate language... Um, well, one, just the double standard of if we expect students to use appropriate language, why are we not as staff members? But two, if we are talking about these important topics, so just to give you a, a nice, you know, mixture here, things like consent, things like healthy relationships, things like sexual activity, and safe sexual activity at that. And instead of using the appropriate Professional names for sex organs and then appropriate uh, professional names for sexual acts, Um, they chose the unprofessional route. And I guess if you're trying to talk about these important topics like consent and safe sex, uh, (laughs) if you want to have those conversations, you should start from a place of professionalism. So that, you know, an adult approach, regardless of how real, quote unquote, you want to keep it with the students, um, so that you give uh, tools and an example to students of how they can go about approaching these topics that they're learning to deal with. Um, yeah. Instead of, you know, talking like a teenager out of ignorance about these, these types of things. And of course the slut shaming and victim blaming. Yikes. So, my role during all of this is I find out about this after because I get, you know, to my classes afterward and I just kind of generally ask um, a couple of my groups and I find out some alarming quotations, direct quotes, and uh, some alarming (sighs) um, tact, uh, just not just volume, but also in like tone of voice. It was not the best. and of course, the generalizations and the other issues. So my role kind of shifted from like, oh, I thought we could just kind of talk about it briefly or just check in. I guess it was first, let's just check in. Did you get anything out of it? Then I was thinking, well, what kind of topics did they talk about? But it shifted quickly into, oh, we. this is not just something we can briefly talk about and move on. So it turned into a reflective piece where I learned more and more. I guess somehow I become the hub. My classroom or me, one or the other, I don't know. Where just people, and I'm not saying, I, I welcome it. I'm glad that I'm someone people can go to. But I had approximately 40 to 40, I think 41 on the dot. Because I remember that number standing out to me. I was like, oh, almost Jackie Robinson. But 41 individuals, whether they were students or staff, that came to me about their concerns from this thing. I can't even call it a meeting or a town hall because that would be a disservice to meetings or town halls. And I hate meetings. Um, but, um. but where was I going with that? Oh, my, my role then shifted to when I get to one of my classes the following day. I, I had posted uh, that reflective piece for my morning classes the following evening when I kind of went through what I learned and I was kind of debriefing the day with Katie. And um, I received some responses that night before I even, you know, <clears throat> um, went to bed and some responses that came, you know, once I had gone to bed and uh, they were disheartening. And it led to a, a discussion for my morning class and just a chance to hear them and validate them and um, write down some ideas so that I wouldn't forget anything. And then asking them, frankly, what, what they would like me to do. Not like in a way like where I'm saying, oh, what do you want me to do? No, truly, what can I do? What do you guys want to do? What do you guys want to happen? Because if there's accountability for students in the schools, you damn sure, better bet there's accountability for adults, or at least there should be. So that was my approach. I shifted into the a role of pointing out the options after learning what these students wanted to do. And again, there were a number of them. And I was simply being like any good civics teacher or just human being, you know, if there is a problem and something needs to be done about it, someone has to step up. And while I realize that my information is secondhand, I am well aware that it should not be me that is addressing the actual experience i can go forward with concerns that i have on behalf of students but the more powerful voice is going to come from the students themselves so again i'm not indoctrinating them i'm not saying what they should do i'm not after anybody there was a concern there was a defeated look on on students faces there was emotional damage there was a relationship i talk about the trust between the the staff members, teachers, and our students—that is sacred trust—and it was violated, and something needed to be done, not just for the sake of accountability, but also for the sake of making sure it never happens again, and getting the proper training, whatever it might be. I don't know. I don't know what the result is going to be. I just know what the students were saying—they hoped would happen—and they aren't going after someone's job. They are wanting to make sure that there is the re-education of this individual. And all I can do is elevate student voices. But people have a problem with that. And how do I put this? I'll be damned if a student comes to me with a concern and I do nothing. I'll be damned if something goes wrong in a school or isn't right in a school and I am complicit or standing idly by. Because that is me co-signing if I do nothing. And I'm not going to let that happen. I just can't. And not even as a teacher or an influential person in these these kids' lives. But as a human being. You know? And, uh, uh, you know, I, I take a lot of flack for some reason lately for asking questions. Because as you know, when you ask questions, you force someone to <laughs> explain or justify or whatever it might be. I I certainly in no way I'm approaching clarifying questions in a way where I'm trying to judge somebody they're called clarifying questions because I'm trying to fucking clarify <laughs> something I have a question I would like to clarify something by asking you a question um but I get flack for it you know from from adults by the way and uh there are times when you might not agree with your coworkers or colleagues and if you're in a you know a space or a working relationship where you feel like communicating that i know i'm saying the obvious right now for like the past like whole time but um it should be a discussion or a, a friendly spirited debate because at the end of the day we all want the same thing and that's the best for our work environment the best for the people we're doing this work for that's it um and of course colleagues too fellow staff members but instead people get you know conflated egos um hurt by it and all i have to say or think about that cuz i thought about this when i was getting out of the car between the time i opened the door to get out and close the door i get critiqued and questioned and criticized every day by at least one or two students usually the ones that aren't doing what they should be doing in the first place. So keep that in mind. And you know what? It doesn't get to me because I'm used to it and I have policies and procedures. I know I'm doing the right thing. So you have a question from somebody or someone's uh, questioning a decision or wants to talk to you about a decision uh, or wants to be kept in the loop on a decision or maybe disagrees with something. and you are insulted by that, or your ego is bruised by that, I say to you, one, grow thicker skin. Teachers probably have top five thickest skins of any profession in the world. I'm sure there are some ties in there. (laughs) There's always a tie. Top five. Going on a limb and saying it. A limb with thick skin. But basically, uh, that's the first part. The second thing is, why are you so sensitive or insecure about it? It's one thing if I was being a pain in the ass, but I have it on good authority from students and staff that when I ask a clarifying question, or when I'm the squeaky wheel, or when I have something that I need to say to speak my mind, it is coming from a place of positive intent, motherfucker. (laughs) And I get, maybe it's just that there, there is no positive intent elsewhere. Maybe there's insecurity for, you know, fulfilling job descriptions. Maybe there's just exhaustion. That's fine. But why is it that I'm hearing about shit from my coworkers, about me, and I'm hearing it from students who overheard it in the fucking hallway? Whether you thought there weren't kids around or not, whether it was too early in the day or too late in the day or in an area of the school where kids shouldn't have been or, you know, you didn't think that they were there. Students heard, which is bullshit because no matter what any other staff member might say or do, if I agree with it or disagree with it, I'm going to back you 100%, motherfucker. And I don't get that, uh, that same courtesy. And a-, a friend of mine at work mentioned that because I'm, to the letter, doing what I should be doing. Like, I don't put on a dog and pony show when the district comes around to do observations because I'm doing my job anyway. I'm not going to freak out and try to put on a show and prep the kids the day before. You can come whenever the fuck you want. So, point being, I'm being a pain, or you're annoyed with me, or you think I'm trying to do something or whatever. Where is your insecurity coming from? Cause I got an open door, baby. Come into my classroom whenever the fuck you want. Whoever the fuck wants. Cause I know I'm doing my fucking job. That's such a dark way, but truly, that frustration, the audacity of someone. I talked about audacity. I talk about audacity a lot. You know, I'm asking questions, and if you can't handle the heat of a clarifying question, grow up, sack up. Skin up, thicker skin up, whatever it might be, and do your fucking job. All of us have a lot on our fucking plates. Let's stop using that as an excuse. Whether it's personal plate or professional plate, whatever it might be. This became a TED Talk. I apologize. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. Well, hey, I you know, my student teacher, Hayden, has been doing great so far. Uh, at the time of this episode's recording, uh, he has two of my five classes we're going to be doing the third class on Monday, so it's like a slow, gradual release, not to use a teaching term, and then by middle to end of the week, you will have four classes, and I believe for student teaching, they want them in there for 14 weeks, and they want them doing four classes, ideally, no more than two different subject areas, uh, which which works. Uh, maybe you might do my, my, my fifth class at some point, maybe a guest spot, I don't know, uh, I'm not going to put that kind of pressure, but um, it's cool. It's seeing he's progressing progressing, Sean Connery. He's progressing like exponentially, truly. Uh, taking feedback really well, open to learn, asks great questions, uh, I like his energy, his positive intent. And um to, it really he his mere presence or the fact that I have someone learning from me has energized my own teaching, which is cool. Um, again, this year has been a bit of like a revival for my own teaching, but having someone that it's like when you're in a new job and then you have to train somebody who's where <laughs> like i've been in this job for two weeks uh in this case it's been six years but it the fact that you are the responsibility is left with you to to teach somebody that just kind of solidifies it um you're you're not just confidence in the job because i've been confident in the job for years but um that like energy level like you don't want to set a bad example unless it's like a minimum wage job at like home depot um which you know i used to work at a hardware store. I won't name the hardware store, but it was hourly, and and you know when you're a loader and you're getting called every thirty seconds to go get the carts and to go help someone load something into their car and go help with stock and go help with this and that and the other thing, um, inventory and all that shit. You stop running when you get called. You know uh, it's not about how fast you get there. So in that case, when you're training, you know Zach on a Saturday at, you know, six in the morning and you get radioed over and you've been on shift for two hours already and Zach's like running over there to get there to just go help, you know, someone get something down from top stock, you can be like, hey, Zach, how about you chill the fuck out a little bit, you know? You can walk there and get there in just about the same amount of time. You don't have to floss your car to get, you know, from A to B that much quicker on the highway. So why are you running? Chill out. We're still getting paid. you move 10 carts or you move three carts you're getting the same pay buddy um but it has energized my teaching um and and, uh kind of it's cool too because it's the same program that i came out of so it's cool to see the other side of it um but also as i was like packing up my my briefcase to leave for the the day the uh seminar that we used to do and we had to drive to the city to do it now it is done digitally so it's been kind of fun to like hear um My old, like, student teaching, uh, sorry, my former, not old, my former student teaching seminar slash advisor, uh, leading class and stuff like that. So it's just kind of fun being on the other side and, you know, it's bringing up a lot of memories, I'll say that. Anyway, I wonder if my neighbors can hear me as I'm recording a podcast by myself. Uh, Anyway, um, so every so often, and it's been a long time, um, there was this book that we got in grad school, by the way, um, called "How Would You Handle It," and it's from Aaron S. Podol- Podolner, and it's questions for teachers to ask themselves, and it's almost like a "Would You Rather" type of thing, uh, but sometimes they are situational. Um, so, like, I'm pulling this up, for example, like I'm on page 55 of this book. If you're if you're <laughs> if you're doing a think, if you're doing a read aloud or a read along, uh, like question 225. What type of disabilities do you feel most comfortable accommodating in class? Which ones make you most uncomfortable? And I think about that and I'm like, yeah, ESL, I, I'm not, you know, I'm confident with, you know, IEPs and 504s providing those accommodations and doing what I have to do and, um, you know, providing that structure or, or, or simplifying some work, whatever it might be. 80% accuracy to get full credit. I don't know. Um, there's so many accommodations to keep track of. But... um, ESL, I, I mean, I don't really speak a second language well enough to, to feel confident with that. And whenever I've asked someone who is an ESL person or ELL person, it's English Language Learners or English Second Language, uh, if you don't know all the acronyms because they change every five seconds, um, the best advice I've gotten is make a vocab list. So like, I could have thought of that without an ESL certification. <laughs> what else is out there? The next person that comes into the job, yeah, vocab list is fine. The next person, we'll just give it to them in their language, and then maybe they'll eventually learn it. (laughs) It's like, what? So needless to say, that's for sure, because I haven't gotten that support, and it's, you know, there is that gap. And even, you know, when you ask um, students who are ELL or ESL, uh, if, if they're showing up consistently, a lot of times they're just trying not to be the squeaky wheel no matter how much you may ask, you know. Like they don't want you to feel bad and it's like no, please, I swear I'm I'm truly asking. I'm not I I want to help, please. Um such so is kind of fun. But I figured it's been a while since we've done this book. I think in the past I've like done it at random. So let's just see what we got. We're just going to flip to some random pages, see what different questions come up. So this is uh 232. What sort what sort of signs would you look for to tell if a student is suffering from mental ill <laughs> mental health issues? Okay. We're not going to get into that one because that's not more. I mean, obviously, look for things like disengagement, lack of interest, suddenly not showing up, suddenly, you know, disengagement. We, we all know the signs um, anger outbursts and, and and things like that. Um, okay, this one right here. What information would you like? This is uh, 229 because it's right there. What information would you like to know about your students on a daily or weekly basis? Explain your choices. And they're, they are check boxes. So the first one. So think along with this one. Would you want to know? About recent fights with parents or friends. Absolutely. That sounds great. Uh, hopefully I didn't have to break it up. Uh, sexual activity. To be honest, no. We just talked about this. Um, as long as they are practicing safe sex. Um, a new boyfriend or girlfriend could be kind of useful. I don't want to get stuck in the drama. It's only temporary, kids. Don't don't get too attached. <laughs> don't get too attached, kids. Sorry. That was dark. Um Use of illicit substances. I would love to say that, you know, I would like to know that, but I know damn well when Johnny John Johns shows up and he smells like the high heaven. When it smells like Bob Marley, I know Steve made it to class that day. <laughs> As I take a drink of uh, liquor. Uh, grades in other classes. I check that all the time. Is it just me they're failing or is it somewhere else? Or uh, is it just me they're acing or is it somewhere else? Uh, success in school endeavors. I love uh, success in outside of school endeavors as well. I love going to like sports. It's just such an easy, well, one, it's fun to check it out and support the kids. But two, it's such an easy way to show them that you support them. Because a lot of our support, I feel like is behind the scenes, you know? A student that was absolutely horrible to me a couple school years ago or, or so, didn't even realize how much advocacy I was doing behind the scenes on their behalf. Because even though they were telling me fuck you and, you know, I hate you and you suck and this and that and the other thing, um, stuff like that, is that I took those as the, the warning signs. So I guess uh, harkening back to the, the other one about mental health issues, you know, those those outbursts and things like that, especially if they're out of the blue, those are for sure things you can look for. But uh, point being is that, you know, a lot of our stuff, our, our championing of students, like we're not doing it for the fucking awards, like the silver apple or whatever the fuck not you know knocking those awards of course but like i don't i don't even know who wins those you know are they self-nominated i don't know uh if you won it congrats recently (laughs) um but yeah it's just a nice way to show that you are there you're in their corner um by by showing up or celebrating them general emotional state i think we talked about that i've got like a little social emotional um Check in anonymous board to just kind of see where the sticky notes lie for the trends for that day. Uh, Sleeping habits. I know they're not sleeping. They're just playing video games. I don't even know what game they're playing these days. They just say the game. It was Fortnite for a while, but I feel like that's fallen out of favor, so that's good. Um, I was playing Among Us with a lot of my students during remote learning on those days where it's like, yeah, it's, you know, you guys have done a lot. Not really, but let's do something fun anyway um just to connect a little bit because times are different they still are uh, a breakup with a boyfriend or girlfriend or other friend i don't know i added the other friend part in yeah i guess you know just tell me if you're having a bad day that's what i would prefer again stay out of that uh, like new boyfriend or girlfriend i was like eh, i don't know break up with a boyfriend or girlfriend you know similar thing and then a category that says other but in, I guess I'm surprised, Adam Poldolner, because if you put other, you should probably put a little line for us to fill it in. But I guess it's more of a discussion thing. So, yeah. Um, this one, 230, what sort of student behavior would you consider threatening? And as someone who has been, for the first time ever, not too long ago, been threatened by a student uh, four separate times in one day by the same student, because they were given that opportunity to do so to me. Uh <laughs> verbal threats about violence sound about right <laughs> that's what I consider threatening I'm not, I'm not really put off by posturing and shit like that outside of like I'll track it by logging it but uh, yeah verbal threats or the physical thing actually taking place that I would for sure uh, <laughs> I would for sure count that um, yeah uh, I guess this last one let's wrap up here this one is what could students do that would put you in a better mood just be nice, <laughs> Peter phrased it as he does these raffles or whatever um, for stuff at the end of the week, based off of like them getting like these points or the certificates or tickets. I don't know. And uh, it, the categories of stuff—I don't know the, all the categories—but one of the last ones is things that <laughs> things that bring Mister K joy or, or things. No, no, I'm sorry. Things that delight Mister K. <laughs> Just the element of delight. I'm gonna ask him about that next time he's on. Things that delight him. Yeah, please do your work. Uh, please don't get mad at me when you don't do your work and your grade drops. Uh, and just you know, be nice. Um, so yeah, we, we started we started low. Well, we started uplifting. We got to the low place, but um, the the follow up is that you know we've been doing advocacy for our advocacy. I've had a few for our students, um, bringing those letters to administration to make them aware of what happened. Um, so they are, they are now aware and kind of updating them. And uh, I got choked up when I was reading their stories because, you know, some students opened up about some stuff that they've gone through in the past or how it impacted them uh, being present at that event. Again, hard to get into too much detail because we're keeping things um, pretty general intentionally. So, um, yeah, if there's any updates, I will for sure put that in a follow-up as episode. Uh, this was episode... 287 we're so close to 300 we're so close to i'm not making a 300 joke but it did come to my mind and i feel like i'm very brave for not doing it i didn't give in um so anyways thank you guys so much for listening big shout out to lish james cindy melinda sabrina leslie leo and adam for supporting the show going above and beyond to help us out with production costs but also to you know show off your your classroom brew swag um, so yeah, if you want to get that swag, go to patreon.com slash classroom for t-shirts, koozies, coasters, shot glasses, all that stuff, bonus content, like exclusive Patreon episodes, video episodes as well in full length format, early access to stuff. And of course, some voting power and behind the scenes content for the podcast. So you can go patreon.com slash classroom brew. And, uh, if you are a loyal fan, I appreciate you guys, you know, listening in, uh, engage with us, send us an email, classroombrew at gmail.com or reach out on social media. At Classroom Brew, if you Google us, you'll find us. You know, you search us, you <laughs> type in Classroom Brew. I'm sure you'll see some hate comments in there, but uh, you can find us pretty easily. So, uh, if you are a, a teacher listening in, and we know that you are, uh, spread the word. Let people know about this. Uh, I feel like we're kind of stuck in this, like, don't say too much, or you'll get in trouble. And you know what? On this podcast, we will protect your identity if you want to be on it, but we are not afraid on this podcast to speak our minds. Just get thicker skin. Anyone listening to this podcast that's trying to come after me <laughs> or my job. Who knows? But uh, thank you guys. I appreciate you. Stay safe. And until next week, class dismissed.
0: Last This is Classroom Brew.